Chapter Twenty Six of Some Everyday Folk and Dawn by Miles Franklin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Off with the old. Dawn was not a procrastinator, so she lost no time in sending Ewart a message to meet her next night at eight at the corner of the Goolagong Road for the purpose of a private talk. She was going to take something to Mrs. Rooney Molyneux and the baby as an excuse to be abroad at that hour of the night and requested me to accompany her so that she would not be saddled with andrew as a protector we set out immediately after tea and had time for a chat with mrs rooney molyneux about her son both were enjoying good health thanks to the opportune arrival of a well-to-do sister and the fact that in honour of an heir to his name the father had lately abstained from alcoholic drinks and made an occasional pound by writing letters for people we had some trouble to dissuade him from escorting us home but emerged at last without him and within a few minutes of eight o'clock the cloudless breezeless night though a little chilly was heavy with the odours of spring and free from the asperity of frost the only sounds breaking its stillness were the trains passing across the long viaduct approaching the bridge the vehicles which met from the two roads the great western leading in from kangaroo and the Goolagong, coming from the thickly populated valley down the river banks, had gone into town earlier for the Saturday night promenade, and we practically had to ourselves the broad highway showing white in the soft starlight. I walked behind Dawn, and she, having found Eward, who had been first at the tryst, they came back towards the river a few hundred yards and stopped behind some shrubbery, while I took up a place on the other side of it as directed beforehand by this very business-like young person to act as witness in case of future trouble well dawn what has turned up said the young man after a pause there's something that might explain the situation better than a lot of talk claude alias dory ewart struck a match and upon discovering the fragments of his engagement ring in the piece of paper she had handed to him was silent for a minute or two and then said dawn so you want it to be all off i knew that this long while and have been mustering pluck to say so but it seems you've got in before me perhaps you were going to say you were pulling my leg like you did with dora cowper no i was not and his tone was exceedingly manly i was going to say that as much as i care i'd rather let you go free than hold you to your agreement when i saw you didn't care for me you were mighty smart no i'm only a dunce but even a dunce can liven up sufficiently when he's in love to see whether his sweetheart cares for him or not and you didn't take much pains to hide the state of affairs he said with a rueful laugh i know enough about girls to know when they really care practice like said dawn you can say that if you like he gravely replied well things were rather mixed but now i know what i want and that you don't want me he interposed well you can marry ada grosvenor or dora cowper we can leave that to the future it doesn't enter into this question at all he said with a dignity that made the girl ashamed of herself there will be no difficulty about my marrying the main thing is whether you are all right it's easier for a man than a girl if he does make a hash of it oh claude don't be so good and generous or you'll make me mad because i'm not going to have you after all good and generous nonsense I'm only doing what any decent fellow would do. You'd do as much and more for me if things were reversed, he said, taking her hand. Great Scott, what sort of crawler did you take me for? Did you think I'd cut up nasty about it? 
Sure you knew I'd wish you well, even if you were not for me. But won't you tell me who it is that has put my light out? Can't you guess? Well, I suppose it's the red-headed mug, put in Dawn. Yes, I saw it all along, but that night in the street finished matters. I knew my chances were as dead as a doornail after that. You only took me because something went out of gear between you, and that's why you made me keep it dark. Oh, I don't want to say that, Claude. No, but I'm saying it. And now, is there anything else I can do for you except wish you luck? Only promise not to let Grandma or anyone know. Did you think it necessary to tell me that? I'd not be likely to howl about my setback. You needn't fear. I'll act with common sense and pull through. I won't drown myself and haunt you or any of that sort of business, he said cheerfully. Oh, thank you more than I can say, she exclaimed enthusiastically. I hope you'll soon find someone better than I, someone as good as yourself. Good-bye. Well, Dawn, I wish you joy anyhow, and good luck to the fellow who has got the best of me. He seems an all right sort from what I can make out and will be able to give you everything you want. Good-bye. He drew her to him, and as she did not resist, kissed her warmly on the cheek and let her go. He wanted to see her to her gate, but she dismissed him, and he walked away through the spring night whistling a cheery air. When he was safely gone, I came out from my hiding, and taking Dawn's arm, moved homewards. The girl was weeping, but so softly that I was not aware of it till her warm tears fell on my hand. Oh, the never-ending fret and fume of being! When it is not discarded love or jealousy that is agitating the human bosom, it is unsatisfied ambition, the worry of parental responsibility, or loneliness and regret that one has never tasted them. The past, what has it been? The future, what will it be? The present, what does it matter? But a thousand curses on its pinpricks, wounding like sword thrusts, and which all must endure. "'Oh, dear, I wish he hadn't been so nice,' sobbed the girl. "'He has made me feel so ashamed that I don't think I'm fit to marry Ernest. "'I wish he had been nasty to me, and then I wouldn't have cared. "'But you don't think he cares, do you? "'Listen to him whistling so merrily. "'It is not those who whine loudest who feel most. "'But men don't really have any feelings in this sort of thing, do they?' "'Feeling is not peculiar to any section or sex of the community.' but to a percentage of all humanity. This is my belief, but I cannot attempt to judge which feel and which do not. Who would have dreamt of him being so sweet-natured about it? Nobility of character and unselfishness are also traits we cannot find in any set place. I wish I hadn't been such a cat. I can't forgive myself. I smiled happily as Ewart's action bespoke a character more in keeping with his imposing physique than that betrayed when he had vulgarly spoke of pulling a girl's leg. That had been like seeing a beautiful house occupied by nothing but poachers, and I loved humanity, so that it always hurt to see even the meanest individual do less than their best. Well, cheer up, I said. Take care not to similarly transgress again. We are all constantly committing regrettable actions, but so long as we are careful not to repeat them, we may hope to make some headway. So the knight received a favourable reply, and the man supplanted by him went another way. End of chapter 26